Everything you're about to see happened over 48 hours in July in Aleppo. conundrum, uh, the production of, of images that's not from the uh, conventional sources, uh, such as uh, news agencies, it poses a number of very difficult uh, questions. The first one is where they come from, who produced them, what, what are they actually showing. Verifying images that are coming from conflict zones can be a challenge especially when journalists do not have direct access to the location and cannot tell if the images or videos they're using are true or accurate to the story. Many journalists have been looking for a way to address this issue. In this podcast, we will tell you more about this challenge and what journalists do to overcome it during their coverage. You're listening to the second episode of the Visualizing Conflict podcast brought to you by SALT. All interviews included in this podcast were conducted during a Visualizing Conflict conference at the University of Copenhagen under the title Photojournalism and the Politics of Participation, organized by International Media Support, IMS. Federico Escher, a program editor for Channel 4 News who produced the award-winning series of reports inside Aleppo, tells us that generally, news channels or reporters verify their materials by reaching out to people they trust or NGOs that work in the field. There are a number of uh, companies out there or NGOs who try and help you doing that, but often in the news cycle doesn't allow you to wait for them to give you a response about, about how it works. So ultimately, we have people in ho- in-house who can do that who we rely on, who we trust. And then we have uh, legal advice and compliance advice where people are telling you, look, it's fine to use those under these circumstances. You give a credit to someone, you ask them if you can use it, or you try and ask it. And if you can't reach out to the person, but you're adamant that the footage is genuine, credit the source and be available to uh, pay them a fee. The concept of citizen journalism, which became increasingly known in the last 10 years, helped many professional journalists access material, including images and videos from war or conflict zones. However, some of these images, especially in relation to the Syrian conflict, were fake. In order to avoid falling in this trap, some researchers and professors use specific techniques to verify images and their sources. Nina Grand-Lecke-Mellorop, a postdoc at the Saxo Institute at the University of Copenhagen, conducted research on local Syrian photographers from Aleppo, and her findings provide insights to those techniques. International news organizations have not been able to get images from inside of Aleppo and other places in Syria because the war was simply too dangerous, so it was uh, they didn't want to send their staff to Syria. But because the local photographers wanted to get their images out, they were more interested in the dissemination rather than pay. And international news organizations, of course, were happy not to pay, so they have often taken their work without paying. So NGOs have really sort of stepped in to fill this gap both in terms of training and professionalization, but also in, in terms of uh, financially supporting these local photographers and, and different uh, initiatives. This relationship has its pros and cons. On the one hand, it gives photographers the chance to publish their pictures globally. 
On the other hand, according to Zainab Devram Gursal, the author of Image Brokers, some NGOs buy images from photographers without giving them credit. Nina believes this is very dangerous for the integrity of journalism. You'll see a photographer getting paid by an NGO to produce a body of work and then go to the press with a finished body of work and offer to sell it to them at a much lower rate. This is good for the publication because they can use this material without having had to contribute resources to its production. But I would say, as a public newsreader, this is dangerous because we have to ask, where does journalism happen? I believe journalism also happens in the production process. Maybe we think about the photographer, but we don't think about all of the steps an image has to go through to reach us. Those photographers usually need professional training on how to deliver an image with high quality. And more importantly, how to keep themselves safe while operating in danger zones. Nina thinks that NGOs are in a tough position when trying to help amateur photographers in conflict zones without compromising their safety. The NGOs have definitely worked to support um, photographers uh, in terms of train safety training, um, etc. But there's this fundamental challenge of, I mean, these are not typically uh, typical um, uh, press photographers. They're people who are very invested in a cause and who are living daily in a war zone. So they're First of all, the danger is every day to them. And they're also, because they're so invested, they're willing to take a lot of dangers that a typical press photographer probably would not. So that's, that's also left the NGOs in a sort of um, difficult position in terms of how to actually help because they don't want to help further endangering people. And at the same time, people are willing to take extreme risks. Visual journalism can have a huge impact on the perception of any event, either through war journalism or through news coverage of individual stories of people living in conflict zones. I actually think the greatest impact visual journalism can have is when it focuses not on conflict, but on everyday life or citizenship as it is lived, not only in extreme moments of conflict, but the before and after. I wonder if we would be thinking differently about Syria if we as world news readers had seen Syria and the vibrant civil society and education and health facilities in Syria in the years and decades long before this last uh, conflict. So I think not just focusing on conflict is very important. But Federico thinks that the reputation of media is all that matters. Ultimately, what we want to do is be truthful and uh, ma- manage to stick to what actually happened. And uh, the thing we care the most about, because is our major currency, is uh, reputation. So we wouldn't try and we would stay away and shy away from trying to use something that is not true. You are listening to the second episode of the Visualizing Conflict podcast brought to you by SALT. All interviews included in this podcast were conducted during a Visualizing Conflict conference at the University of Copenhagen under the title Photojournalism and the Politics of Participation, organized by International Media Support, IMS, with funds from Danish Arab Partnership Program and CETA, in addition to the research group Images of Conflict, Conflicting Images at the University of Copenhagen Department of Media, Cognition and Communication. 
My name is Maisel Alami and this episode was produced by Rabia Hamamsa, Sabreen Taha and Doni Hanna and myself from South Podcasts. Stay tuned so we can share more stories with you in our coming episodes of the Visualizing Conflict podcast. <laughs>